Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. Well, and I think that's a lovely metaphor, the soldier on one. No one would run um, an advertisement anymore about soldier on if you've got the flu. And the reason being that soldiering on with the flu was the thing that brought many countries to their knees. So it's very important that we learn that soldiering on sometimes means that all you're doing is perpetuating which wasn't working before. Welcome to the Jersey Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher, I'm the editor of the Jersey Professional Magazine. And today we have our Managing Director, Naomi Burley, and we have our regulatory expert, Cal Ferguson. How are you both? And thank you, Kwame. And hello to everyone. So today we're going to be having a bit of conversation about resilience. That is the catchword today, based on a speech given by the Commissioner Vasic, um, Sean Hughes. So Carol brought this to my attention literally just a couple of days ago. So Carol, why are we having a discussion about resilience today? What is What are the elements you want to tease out of that? Okay, ASIC has one of its strategic um, priorities for 2021 is about the resilience of the financial services system. Um, and to maintain that system with both resilience and in integrity and stability. And, and I kind of think that given the COVID times, it's, it's an opportunity for members to start to think about what resilience means for their businesses and how it is that they can adapt or change their businesses to better um, upgrade or rethink how they deliver their services. And I think they would have had, um, you know, collected some data over their COVID experience, don't you, Carol? Because they've had to be adaptable and they've had to, had to be able to move to keep themselves in business. Yeah, so a lot of lessons and learned there. Absolutely. And I think that this is a, an opportunity to sort of take a step back and do a little navel gazing. So rather than being reactive, and a lot of the things that have come out from COVID essentially have been reactive because it's been happening so fast um, and you know trying to sort of get people together and work collaboratively etc has been hard for a lot of for a number of organizations we're all getting much better at zoom and microsoft teams but there still are um, gaps i guess in in the way that you can um, discuss issues in the way that we used to before and and one of the things about resilience is how we do it so if you look at the fact that resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulty or to spring back to shape, what does resilience mean to us for the future? So for me, it's not just about bouncing back, but it's about learning and changing and growing. So you're not just going with how it was before the difficulties or the issues, but about how you've improved on, on those and how you're going to deliver for the future. And how you've made tough decisions, I think, as well. I, I, we were discussing before the podcast, I think it's a really interesting word choice and very meaningful. It's not sustainability. It's not about being able to keep on doing the same thing. It's resilience and an acknowledgement that sometimes things don't work, whether it's because of COVID or whatever else, or whether it's because of things that happen in the market, or whether it's simply because it just wasn't a great idea. What are you going to do? You, mm. You're not just going to soldier on with it. You're going to make um hard decisions potentially well and i think that's a lovely metaphor the soldier on one no one would run a um a, a advertisement anymore about soldier on if you've got the flu and the reason being that soldiering on with the flu was the thing that brought many countries to their knees 
So it's very important that we learn that soldering on sometimes means that all you're doing is perpetuating which wasn't working before and maybe driving yourself into a deep hole. Um, mm. And part of resilience is to actually step back and to review what you're doing and to assess whether that's the right way to do it for the future. So if you look at the new design and distribution obligations as, a, as an opportunity in terms of resilience, here is an opportunity for an organisation to step back, to review their product suite and to say, which ones are working? Which mm. ones are not? Which ones do we make money from? Which ones do we don't? And let's now refine our product suite so we're only offering the ones for the future that we think can resist um, difficulties the better for the future, as opposed to those which we've just hung on to for the 57 reasons of, well, they're historical or, you know, et cetera, or there's an advisor or who likes them. some customers selling. like them or, or That's right. Yes. Yeah, and, and they're impossible um, um, goals under the new DDO, and so it's really important that if you look at resilience, it starts as humbly as your product. But mm. when ASIC's been looking at it, it's been talking about, you know, maintaining the firm's ability to weather the storm. So your cap capital availability, changing your business mo models for the future. They've highlighted remote working and all of the issues that have come out from that. From their perspective, cybersecurity, of course, is a, is a clear, clear one. But there are also the pluses. So from, you know, if we look at having, you know, the ability to have virtual AGMs, do we want to have more virtual unit holder meetings for the future so that we can get to hear what our customers are saying? I mean, the cost of unit holder meetings in the past has been almost prohibitive from having a unit holder meeting. But maybe this is an opportunity for REs to connect with their, um, with their customers and to say, what is it that you like about what are the things that you don't think are working? And to, you know, to have more interaction with their customers to be able to sort of feed their views into a customer-centric model. Um, mm. Then ASIC's also looking at some specific things. It's looking at um, market in, um, interference and, and how markets are maintained in a way that allows for stability. So they're going to be looking at market abuse issues, but including remitrage, and they want to take swift action in relation to them, including major enforcement actions. Um, so it's very important that when organisations are looking at how they're going to be resilient for the future, that resilience also goes to the trading floor. It's not just about marketing. It's not just about finance. It's about how you invest your money, because the investment of that money has to be also fair and has also got to be in, in relation, um, in reliance on the law. So I think that ASIC's very much signalling that for them, resilience is about um, fair and open markets. So it'll be looking at things like um, derivative products, etc., cetera, um, particularly to make certain that the maintenance, that um, equity markets are, that are maintained and monitored in real time and in and but not just in post-trade surveillance so they'll be looking at what your your traders are doing and 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 they're going to be focusing on short selling and disorderly um trading etc and they're also going to be looking at otc derivative markets to make certain that um 
they're operating effectively and, and fairly. So these are just signs of the sorts of resilience that they're looking at. It's, it's quite comprehensive, isn't it? And it very, is very, very consistent with the recent releases around that whole governance idea of your product. From beginning to end, you've thought through what you're going to do with this over time, what you're going to do if it's not working. So governance also involves plans for when it's not working. So, so does this resilience project, but it picks up you know, integrity issues. So it's, it's um, I mean, it's a great language for compliance professionals to be able to use within their organisation because... Oh, look, absolutely. And, and I think one of the things that is interesting about it is it's a more holistic view of a fund. So it's not just about, you know, have you got a compliance plan? You know, what, what are you, um, what are your RE, um, RMs doing, etc. But it's actually, as an RM issue, looking specifically at, at your RMs. Are they the right RMs every single day that your organisation is in is um, operating? Have you looked at your RMs, as an example, yeah. and determined that they are the right RMs for your business today as opposed to what they were even last year? Because yes. they may not be. And, I think and those are very valid questions to ask because... You know, it's really important. That and they might be doing ongoing CPD, but as we go into these complex questions like resilience and governance of products, they yeah. might, you know, some people won't have the skill set for that. Exactly. And it's about saying, you know, looking at your traders, are they fit and proper? I mean, are these the sorts of people who continue to be the right people to undertake the trading? What sort of training have they been doing in relation to their own product suite? Mm. Um, you know, what allows you to maybe shift the, shift the training you provide them as well, because uh, you may have, you know, our members may have found themselves stymied in their compliance training that, that they only want to be trained in what they legally have to do right now, this minute. This resilience mm. angle gives a much broader scope that you could introduce around thinking through what might be the result tomorrow and the next day of the actions you take today as opposed to what's legally compliant right now. Yeah, and, and I think that's really important. As an example, I was approached by a very, very senior um, portfolio manager who said, oh, look, I'm about to take on some insurance work and I don't know how statutory funds work. Now, I was a little gobsmacked because stat funds are, you know, and, and insurance products, of course, go hand in hand. But then sort of stepped back and realised that he hadn't actually been in a position where he needed to know that. But equally, do your um, traders understand how superannuation funds work? Do they understand the legal basis behind how a fund works? You know, what are the sorts of legal parameters in relation to a fund? It's a really good opportunity to update people about those issues and particularly your board about organisational competency issues under RG104 so that they're really focusing on those specific issues of people, process um, and systems to make certain that they are continuously monitoring and have those in the top mark, top, um, mark of their brains every single day. Um, one of the things that also ASIC's going to be looking at is about valuation of assets. Now, one of the things that's come out, of course, from COVID is that a number of organisations have gone into liquidation or effect or are facing interesting and challenging times mm. and markets have moved um in in a in a way which is not which in a way is correlated to COVID because as COVID as it has introduced uncertainty into markets equally it has introduced uncertainty 
sorry, in, um, into health, into, um, it also has introduced uncertainty into markets. Now, mm. if you had a fund, as an example, which was exposed to Brazil, um, and then, you know, you'd be looking very closely at whether that, how you value the assets in relation in that specific fund. So it's, it's very important that organisations really step back and look at, you know, if you've got India, if you've got China, you know, it's, it's a very important issue to, to deal with these things. So, Carol, given that we're working with time constraints of podcast listening attention spans, where would we where would we go from here? We're obviously going to need to have a part two of this podcast series because there's still an extensive list of things that ASIC and that Sean ran through in his speech um, as well, and everyone should go and have a look at that speech. But uh, what kind of thoughts would you like people to leave with on this piece and um, stay tuned for the second podcast in this series? Well, I guess the... the the major point to take away at the moment is to look at your cyber exposure. So, you know, what um, sort of issues have arisen through the COVID times that have exposed you particularly? So in relation to data payments, um, what, what changes have you made now we've moved to a cashless society? Um, where, what sort of technology have you got? Is it agile? Are all, all the components of your, your um, platforms communicating in an effective way? How have you embraced reg tech? Those are the sorts of issues that ASIC's going to be looking at very closely and in surveillances to ensure that organisations actually have the resilience in their systems and processes for the future. Mm. Okay, brilliant. Because I, I think there's a lot more to go into this. And Kwame, if you don't mind, we'll, we will do another podcast on this series, I think. Um, and uh, thank you, Carol, for, for that one, because I think it's a big, long list of things to look at. Resilience is a really lovely term that I think is very, very useful to achieve the objectives of the regulation. And once again, if anyone has any questions or thoughts that they'd like us to embrace in the second one can they please get back to Kwame so that we can um, move on those for the future as well excellent well thank you so much for your time both of you and we will be back for part two thanks so much Bye. this podcast was a production of the governance risk and compliance institute and the music was produced by rob neary <laughs>